This episode of the Gondrepreneur Podcast is made possible by Dama Financial. Get access to a secure, transparent banking solution with Dama Financial. Secure your cash, make and receive electronic payments, and stop worrying that your account will be shut down for being a cannabis business. Protect your money with an FDIC-insured bank account and discover Dama's suite of sustainable, compliant financial products, including merchant processing. Schedule a free consultation at damafinancial.com today or call 877-401-3262. Dama Financial is an agent of its financial institutions and money transmitters. Hey there, I'm your host, T.G. Brandfault, and thank you for listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast, where we try to bring you actionable information and normalize cannabis through the stories of gontrepreneurs, activists, and industry stakeholders. Today, I'm joined by Chris Trevel. He's the co-founder of indoor cultivation tech company GrowX, a patent-pending technology that controls pests and mildew without using pesticides or chemicals. How are you doing this afternoon, Chris? Great, thank you. So, so tell me about yourself, man. Tell me about your background. How'd you uh, end up in the cannabis space? Uh, well, in 2014, uh, my brother and I um, decided to uh, look at it closer. Uh, it was starting up um, at uh, ground zero level, which is uh, what we're calling it uh, in terms of... Uh, large scale commercialized legal cannabis uh commercialization let's say in colorado um and uh so we started visiting uh some sites uh to see you know how that was uh taking place who was doing what uh how are they growing you know really just interested in 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 taking some uh, notes and uh visited a few sites in in the denver area uh, and then that, that was in 2014. And then of course we went to the very first, uh, Las Vegas, uh, MJ biz, uh, show, which, uh, at the time was, uh, at the Rio hotel in Las Vegas. Those and, a good time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, since then, uh, it just kind of kept escalating from one year to the next, uh, just more shows, more visits, broader geography uh not just colorado but also in canada as canadian uh, law came to place uh federally of course um you know uruguay came on board uh and then you know now we're we're seeing a, a whole slew of united states uh that are coming on board whether it's medical or recreational European countries, African countries, Australia. So it's, it's a, it's a worldwide movement and we've been, you know, right on the ground floor of it, uh, since 2000, I, I would say actually I said 2014, but really it was, uh, 2012, uh, that we started doing these visits because 2014 was when we started to actually spend money towards it, which was, uh, uh, an R&D research and development effort uh, on small scale uh, to start uh, proving our first concepts, which is what you introduced, uh, the uh, the pest control system. So tell me about, uh, you know, when you first sort of started this R&D process, this, you know, going to these sites, uh, what were some of the things that stood out to you uh, during those initial visits? 
Well, that's a good question because, you know, uh, uh, our existing company at that time, uh, uh, my brother and I were involved uh, and we are still involved in uh, what we call controlled atmosphere technology. Uh, so what that means is that we um, build uh, storage facilities for fruit and vegetable uh, farmers yeah. uh, all across North America. Um, so basically, it's a it's a facility, kind of like a warehouse, but it's uh, it's it's got uh, uh, gas tight rooms. Uh, I call them bubble rooms. So there's no penetrations at all in that in those rooms, kind of like a an operating room, if you will, uh, but on, on large scale, uh, where uh, millions of pounds of biomass are stored, and, and this biomass in particular is is uh, fresh fruit, for example, that gets harvested by the farmer, and then it gets held uh, at low temperature. Uh, in a fresh state, so like kind of fridge-like uh, conditions. Yeah. Uh, we control humidity as well, and we also control all the gases. So uh, the pertinent gases are CO2, oxygen, nitrogen, ethyl, ethylene, ethanol. Those are all gases that exist uh, inside these bubble rooms. Um, and we have machinery, industrial caliber machinery that needs to uh, control these gases to very precise decimal points, two decimal points actually, um, in percentages. And uh, that is what, uh, you know, will dictate uh, the, uh, the, the quality holds that we'll uh, keep inside those uh, storage facilities. So each variety, each cultivar, uh, of fruit or vegetable has its own protocol of uh, temperature, humidity, and per pertinent gases. So that that's our expertise. Um, we've been doing this for for many years. Uh, it's it's actually a, a Dutch uh, background. Uh, the technology oh. in question, uh, Holland being world renowned for agri tech. And uh, my brother was a, a senior engineer at uh, Storex, which is the probably the largest company in the world that that specializes in that field. Uh, so when we did the visits with the uh, cannabis uh, facilities, you know, our uh, eyes and ears were mostly focused on on the technology part of things like uh, how the building was built, um, you know, was there, were there air leaks, uh, was there contamination involved, how energy efficient were the was the equipment, uh, because in, in essence, you know, like uh, the, the biomass uh, for cannabis is, is also uh, need, needs to be controlled in the same way as, as the fruits in the sense that it's a, it's a, it's their plants, massive amounts of, of mil, you know, millions of pounds of plants that are growing and that they require also specific protocols of temperature, humidity, uh, and all the pertinent gases as well that affect yield, affect quality and affect consistency harvest after harvest. And so, so for that two years, uh, you know, before you actually started putting money into, um, you know, the, the cannabis tech, um, yeah. what were some of the considerations that, that you and, and your partners and your brother uh, were sort of 
taking on when, when trying to answer this question, whether or not you're going to, you know, start investing? Well, I mean, you know, the first, uh, the first consideration, uh, logically for us was the building itself, like the, the actual structure, um, the shell, if you will, uh, because that's, that was also our, our main focus, uh, with our other farmer clients. And by the way, the, you know, these are the biggest, uh, uh, fruit producers in the world. So they're large, large uh, facilities, um, that, that we build. Um, so the structure was, was the first thing to look at. Uh, and we saw that the industry, the cannabis industry was going towards, um, you know, a greenhouse model, um, or a standard building kind of like a warehouse, you know, with, with rooms built inside there, but they, they weren't really paying attention to the uh, detail uh, that are necessary uh, for such an industry. So for, for controlling such amounts of biomass on such a large scale. So that was the first um, point of um, engineering on paper that we uh, worked on. Uh, and, you know, there were a lot of parallels that were easy to bring over from our fruit clients to the cannabis clients. Um, but then that wasn't enough because, you know, we, we needed to be able to explain to a grower why that had an impact on the yield um, and, and on the quality. So we had to get involved uh, as a next step. We had to get involved also uh, in, in terms of the actual way the plants grow, you know, what kind of configuration of the canopy, what kind of lighting, what kind of irrigation, uh, you know, what kind of irrigation, what kind of, um, uh, what kind of, uh, you know, growing mechanism, if you will, yeah. uh, throughout the entire facility, not only growing, but, you know, from seed all the way to, uh, you know, trimming, drying, curing, you know, um, and, and packaging. So it, it was, you know, it started off in 2014, like I said, but it, it kept on going all the way to 2019, really. Yeah. And you had mentioned earlier, you know, you had noticed some of the energy uh, efficiency, what, what was going on in, in, at these centers. And a couple of years ago, uh, there was a report and there, there hasn't been too many uh, that have looked at the sort of the how much energy the, the cannabis space uses. And this report in particular found that it used as much as some some uh, larger data centers, uh, you know, server rooms. Um so, so what did you notice in terms of energy efficiency? What stood out to you? Was it very inefficient? What, what were you noticing? Yeah, I mean, uh, that is a very big uh, concern. Um, I mean, you know, the Dutch uh, agri-tech uh, has taught us over the last 20 years that energy efficiency is a big concern for farmers. I mean, you know, they're always looking for the more efficient tractor, you know, the more efficient uh, storage facility, industrial caliber equipment to control temperature, humidity. There's like, you know, a real push towards uh, finding ways to cut costs and to uh, be more efficient uh, 
with an industrial caliber farming uh, operation. Um, whereas the cannabis industry is, has not looked at that at all. Um, even today, uh, you know, it's still, it's still more focused. The industry is a, in general is still more concerned about, um, just the, the mere fact of being in business, yeah. you know, the, the whole idea of getting a license to produce a legal substance that used to be prohibited. Right. So that, that whole, uh, topic of legalization, getting the license that that still uh, takes more precedence in in the business plan, um, and then the rush to market is the other big points that companies are looking at mostly. So how much volume of production they can make uh, in the quickest time possible in as many places as possible. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, the concern of energy efficiency is definitely not uh, in their agenda. Um, and, uh, you know, so we're seeing an industry that's growing quick, very quickly uh, without any concern whatsoever for energy efficiency. So, so that that is uh, uh, for me uh, a major issue um, that the industry is is um, is uh, going in the wrong direction uh, uh, for that reason, uh, and so that has pushed us even more so to uh, you know fine tune that design so that we can get uh, a model uh, you know that'll produce a very high yield per square footprint. Um, and, uh, it'll be able to do that using, uh, you know, uh, half the amount of energy that the current big players are, are using. So describe this tech, the, the, the grow X, uh, tech and, and how it is more energy efficient. And, you know, I said this sort of at the top, uh, when we we're, you know, sort of introducing ourselves. I, I don't grow anything. I'm, I'm, you know, killing a fern upstairs. Uh, so, you know, make it sort of, make it sort of simple enough to that a guy who is currently killing a fern can understand. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, first of all, uh, you know, we, we, um, uh, recruited uh, very important team members inside uh, GrowX. The GrowX team is, is comprised of uh, three uh, growers who have a lot of experience. Um, so we, we are, uh, if you will, a team of, of expert growers, uh, expert engineers, of various kinds, mechanical, electrical, uh, structural engineers, um, and some, uh, some smart marketing people. So those people, um, have been working on small scale, uh, tests, uh, for the last five years. And, uh, we, uh, we're almost like, I would say we're about 80% uh, completed um, uh, our first, uh, um, you know, large commercial site, which is near Montreal. Um, and uh, we had one site, we had data from another site, which was smaller. Uh, so I, I still call that a small site, but it, it was really a commercial site also. But it ran for about three years in Colorado. Uh, on about uh, 2,000 plants. Wow. Uh, so we had like, you know, data from about three years uh, on 2,000 plants. And were those plants going into the market? 
Yeah, yeah, those plants were going into the market okay. um, in Colorado. Uh, and uh, so I'm, I call that version 1.0, let's say, of the GrowX uh, system. Uh, and then the Montreal site that we're, you know, 80 to 90% finished is, is what I'm calling version 2.0, uh, which is a larger scale. It's, it's on about 10,000 plants as opposed to 2,000 plants. Wow. So it's a bigger step, right? Um, so basically, you know, the formula is you got a bubble room, which means that, you know, if you can imagine a plastic bag, <laughs> uh, the plant is inside that plastic bag. Okay. okay. Uh, but of course it's not just one plant. It's a whole room full of plants that's inside a large plastic bag. Uh, so what does the plastic bag do? It's, um, and by the way, it's not made out of plastic. It's 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 a figure of speech I'm using. Yeah. Uh, but what does it do? Well, it, it basically you know gives us complete control of everything that's got to do with temperature, humidity, CO2, oxygen, nitrogen, uh, and ethylene. All those gases that are pertinent to the plant's development, and we can literally dial in you know uh, down to a granular science you know exactly what we need in terms of protocol uh, to get that perfect you know uh, growth uh, environment uh, and stability also which is a big uh, a big key uh, in terms of avoiding powdery mildew for example which uh, you know, mildew will pro proliferate if there are inconsistencies in those temperatures and humidities. Um, so we, since we don't have any inconsistencies at all, we, we don't have any issues with battery mildew at all. Uh, therefore, no need for any treatments of any kind. And then, of course, being in a bubble uh, also avoids uh, any incoming contaminants, whether it's pollution or... Um, insects or whatnot uh these bubbles have doors so uh we still have um humans walking into those rooms uh but we're working on uh, a human free environment uh, that's our next uh next development uh but uh, for now we do still have people walking in so there's still a risk of insects and these are like microscopic insects yeah. that that live outside like they're 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 all over the place normally in nature um but they just like humans they love those plants <laughs> so <laughs> so they're like literally lining up at the door trying to get in um so if if there is a an issue um you know with too many of these insects coming in at once and a section of the room starts getting contaminated with some insects um, then we have uh, an algorithm we came up with to essentially suffocate these insects <laughs> within 24 hours uh, without affecting the plants. Um, so that's that's our first patent pending. It's called the PCS system. It's a pest control system which doesn't use any chemicals, doesn't use any uh, outside, um, you know, any external uh, treatments. It's it's purely the same exact uh, temperature, same exact humidity, same exact gases, but just in different concentrations, uh, hence the algorithm, right? And then the, the, the sixth factor is time, which is somewhere around 18 hours or something like that. So wow. uh, 
it's a good it's a good uh, uh, you know insurance policy in case in case something goes out of control on 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 these large massive rooms full of valuable plants. Um, so that that precision control, let's say, uh, you know, is already uh, the first step to um, uh, using less energy because we have little waste. Uh, of machine t- run times, you know, like because we have a very constant uh, machine runtime, uh, and we don't have to compensate for leaks coming into the room and having to compensate so that the system can, you know, um, hold the right amounts of CO two or the right amounts of temperature or, or, or humidity. We don't, we the machines don't work as as much. Um, and, uh, so, so that, uh, that also helps with energy efficiency. Uh, the, the machines themselves are industrial caliber. So, you know, that they're, they're meant to, uh, you know, the, 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 the design of the machines are, are very energy efficient as well. Um, low maintenance as well. So, so that, that's, I would say that's the first, uh, topic. And then of course, you know, the, the, the structure is insulated and, and gas tight. So that also has a, a huge, uh, impact. Um, and then the other point of energy efficiency is on the, uh, selection of the lights. Um, you know, we use, uh, laser led lights. The, the short form form of that is called LLED. Okay. So, so that, that's very advanced because, you know, most of the market right now, I would say maybe 85% of the grows worldwide are still using, uh, HPS lights, which are, you know, good performance lights, but they're very inefficient in terms of energy. Um, they create a lot of heat this hence the fact that the plants have to be uh you know four to six feet away from those lights or otherwise they burn uh so so you don't have a good um um uh, optimization of the canopy you have to be very far away from the plants uh, you know the distance between the plant and the light is is big uh, so that's that's why you need these giant rooms with tall ceilings, yeah. uh, very inefficient. Um, and then, uh, so the LLED lights allow us to come, you know, uh, six inches from the plant, uh, and uh, therefore we can pack more plants in the room. Uh, and those lights use a lot less energy; they emit a lot less heat. Um, so that, that would be, you know, uh, a huge, uh, consideration there in terms of energy efficiency, um, per gram produced since there's a lot more plants also a lot more density in terms of the, uh, the canopy. So are you able to control sort of, does it's time a factor, I guess is my question with, with this system, uh, do plants take any more, any less time to grow? Because as you said, you know, people are trying to get, you know, product to market. Um, and, and I don't really grow anything. So, so does this also impact the growing time? Huge, huge. Um, I mean, you know, like, first of all, time to market is a huge point you just made. Uh, and, I, and I understand these companies, you know, they, they get the license, they're happy, they want to move forward, they've raised funds, 
they want to get to market as soon as possible. So, so not only are we energy efficient, but also our, our, our time to build such a facility is very fast um, because everything is pre-engineered, uh, uh, pre-fabricated. It's just a question of assembly, um, you know, uh, kind of like a Lego, if you will. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, it's a really efficient um, build out. And then to your question, the actual uh, time frame to grow, you know, I mean, all these grow masters out there who've been growing um, in their garage, uh, in the gray market or black market, whatever you want to call it, whatever shade of dark you want to call that, um, and that are now uh, operating in the in the uh, the legal market. Uh, you know, they, they're excellent growers, uh, but their issue is that um, they've been growing in what I call craft growing, like, you know, very small quantity, not, we're not talking about millions of square feet of canopy. Yeah. Um, so that's a, it's a different ball game completely. And so, um, you know, we're, we're hitting some numbers right now. I mean, it, you know, this is still, um, early, uh, cause we're, we're not, uh, um, fully optimized yet, but, uh, you know, we're talking about, uh, somewhere around 90 grams uh, per square foot of canopy and uh, from the whole process you know from uh, from the beginning of the plant to dry cure including dry cure we're talking about 38 days seriously so, so it, it's considered it's it's about 40 percent uh, like almost no sorry it's um it's almost two times faster than than what we're used to, what normal people are, are seeing that's incredible. And I, and I don't really grow anything, but I, I do know that it, uh, it takes a hell of a lot longer than 40 days. Yes. Usually it's, it's longer. Like I said, it's, it's yeah. probably, probably close to twice as longer. Uh, and the yield is also not uh, as, as high and, and really it's, re- it's really math. Like, you know, uh, I, I'm not a grower either, uh, but uh, the guys, the, the scientists, because really they're scientists, they're all masters. Uh, some of them are PhD, uh, you know, that are on our team. Like it's about science. And so what it is in layman's terms, the plant is like a, a device, if you will, that has, you know, X number of, let's call them receptors, um, which, which are like these, uh, uh, you know, um, areas where light will go through, um, in the process of photosynthesis. And of course it's not just light that they absorb. They also absorb CO2, they absorb nutrients, you know, so let's, let's say that there's X number of entry points for all this, uh, material to go inside the plant to create the energy to allow the plant to grow. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, you know, like humans have similar, uh, uh points of receptors, uh, i.e. the skin, the skin breathes, you know, we eat, obviously we drink, uh, we breathe through our nose and our mouth. So, so the plant has all these receptors. So there's a, there's a certain number of these receptors per plant. Um, it's not an infinite number. There's a finite number of these. Uh, and um, the, the formula is basically, you know, time. How much time do we feed uh, through those receptors? How many uh, are being fed at the same time? 
uh, in what concentration, um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, we try to basically optimize that. And one, one of the things too, that, that, uh, stuck out to me when I, when I started looking at interviews are done and, and, uh, your website, um, the, there's a, you guys grow on vertically as well, right? Yeah. So, so ex- explain why that's important for efficiency, why you do that and, and, and how you sort of came up with this uh, idea to grow cannabis literally on the walls. Well, basically, uh, you know, it, it all boils like the industry of lighting has been uh, pretty um, stuck, I would say, like, you know, and then for the most part, like, uh, again, I'm going to use that number 85%, let's say, because uh, there are a few exceptions out there. But let's just say that for the most part, um, you know, we're talking about a horizontal uh, layout. So it's it's a plant that's on a table or, or you know, sometimes you can see them on the floor. Uh, or it could be, you know, a couple layers of tables, like horizontal horizontally stacked. Um, and then you got a light that's above it that hangs uh, from a ceiling or from the, the next level above it. And um, there's a lot of space there, a lot of airspace, cubic space, basically, that needs to be managed. Um, and so, you know, right there was, was, was something that we didn't, we didn't like that. Um, and uh, as we were working with lights that allowed us to bring the light a lot closer, um, we thought, why, why not, you know, set up the plants along a vertical wall and then kind of like sandwich uh, 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 a row of lights and have another uh, row of, of plants behind it, where that way, instead of having just one light shining on one group of plants, we would have one light shining on two groups of plants on each side, right? Yeah. So, so that would re- reduce, uh, you know, the capital expense of buying more lights we, we would use less lights like in just in mere numbers of lights uh for basically double the amount of plants um and then uh you know uh, the other consideration is also the whole topic of the human uh working there and, and how that person uh can reach the plants and 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 work on them and you know when you have like these flat tables that are you have to reach far uh, to to look at a plant that's in the middle of the table, and even if it's even stacked horizontally, it's even worse because you have to climb up and 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 then reach. Uh, so the the topic of labor uh, was also a concern, um, and so having the the plants all laid in a vertical system. Uh, along a wall, it's much easier. There's no leaning. The plants are right there at your fingertips. Um, and you can just, you know, uh, work along this wall, if you will, uh, on a, on a sky jack basically that goes up and down. So it reduces the labor costs. It's much more efficient for, for labor. Uh, and we started off, you know, uh, the growers that we, uh, work with, um, developed this system uh in colorado 
with a 14 foot height. Uh, and now we're at 26 feet in height. Wow. So, you know, and we intend to go higher. We intend to go like to 50 feet. Uh, but the, the way to go to 50 feet is, is you're going to need some form of automation um, because people won't want to go that high in, in, in height. Like I, I like for myself, even 26 feet is too high. I don't like, I don't feel comfortable at that height. So, yeah. uh, you, you know, but you know, there's a lot of people who are totally fine uh, working in the skyjack. So um, the idea there is to replace uh, that skyjack with some sort of small robot that'll just go and pick up, you know, a cartridge, uh, which will bring it down to uh, a, a human lower on the ground. So it'll be kind of more automated, um, the, and this this exists already. Like the, in terms of in, in other industries, there's uh, automated palletization that that that, uh, that exists already. Yeah, I mean, you know, just just sitting here talking, to you, it sounds like you guys are sort of like mad scientists of efficiency. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's what we are. <laughs> um, like we call it. Uh, uh, you know, and, and and the thing is, is that, is that it's 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 kind of evolved into a bunch of like you know uh, guys. Uh, you know, I call I don't call them mad scientists. I call them my Big Bang Theory team, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're all like you know very uh, excited about you know just making a better mousetrap and. Uh, and then me, uh, as a manager of all this, I'm kind of looking at it and saying, okay, this is interesting. You know, is it really worth it? Uh, and so far they keep showing me that it is. Uh, and now it's going further than that. It's, it's actually, uh, creating a, a position that we're in, which is a very sustainable and environmentally friendly position because all this is translating towards, you know, using 10 times less land, 20 times less water, you know, half the amount of electricity. So it's, it's a very environmentally friendly position, which I, I still think, uh, you know, I just came back from Vegas uh, two weeks ago, uh, you know, Vegas uh, still being the, the biggest trade show right, right now um, in this industry. And really there's no one uh, uh, having this position yet. So I think that, um, you know, we, and, and in fact, you know, if we, if we just look at it on the standpoint of, of, of the world and, and how every other industry is, is trying to be more um, environmentally friendly, uh, cannabis, in my mind, kind of has the responsibility uh, to lead the way uh, of being environmentally friendly uh, because all this technology that we're learning from cannabis and, and we're very grateful, um, you know, uh, that uh, there's value there and that the money can be used for R&D. Uh, it's, it's, it's a spearhead really for um, other crops. And uh, as soon as we have, you know, um, version 2.0 up and running and, and uh, 3.0, which we plan on launching in uh, 2020, um, you know, our goal is to uh, draw parallels from these grow X centers that are doing cannabis and seeing how we can uh, do that on other crop uh, and find that sweet spot of profitability 
and quality uh, and environmentally friendly position for you know lettuce, lettuce leafy green and all that and and there's been uh, an effort like there's there are companies right now in the world that are um, trying to figure out that sweet spot to make that efficient and to uh, make it viable so that we can stop relying on outdoor farming for, you know, very uh, consumed crop like lettuce or, or leafy green, for example, you know, th those make no sense uh, to grow outside um, where there's massive amounts of, of uh, land being used and water um, and then trucking, uh, you know, and, and now we're seeing, you know, we're seeing the signs like that, the costs are getting higher, you know, the quality is not necessarily there in the supermarkets. Um, and we're seeing signs of contamination even because they're trucked uh, for, week, for a week or whatever. And, and it's, it's just not uh, holding, you know, in terms of quality. So I think, uh, I think we're really at, a, at the brink of, of really needing uh, another solution for, for many things that are in our salads and, and in our burgers and um, um, like I said there's been companies that are trying it but they're not profitable that's the problem and uh, the ones that are still operating right now is because they're heavily relying on R&D money yeah. uh, from people who are concerned and who want to spend money on R&D and, and that's great mm -hmm. But uh, I think they're still missing the point in terms of uh, things that we're doing right now with uh, with GrowX. So let me ask you. You know, it sounds like you know you're ha you you had to you had, there was a significant learning curve for you to begin with, and then you're having to sort of expand at the pace of the industry somewhat, which is you know at breakneck speeds right now. Uh, what's been sort of your 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 most challenging sort of experience uh, as it relates to launching in the cannabis space? Well, I mean, you know, money <laughs> is, is, is the gas we need, right? Um, so at the beginning, we were funded our, on our own. Uh, so like basically our, our own company, which, you know, wasn't that big, but uh, it, it, it basically loaned money to uh, the, 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 the startup, if you will, to grow X. Um, and, uh, you know, that was tough. It was a five year, uh, of, of, you know, really bootstrapping it basically, uh, out of Montreal and Colorado. And then, um, you know, we were hoping to get a, you know, like the, the, the investors were mostly after the shiny bright uh, uh, toys, which were groups of people putting together uh, business plans and hitting the market hard with, you know, massive sized greenhouses, like I said, like, like I explained earlier. So that was not our interest. Uh, we, we were not catering to, the, to that uh, type of investor. Um, so we had to stay in our corner and, and just kind of keep focused on our message and, and, and on our uh, design, if you will. Uh, and and to look for that exceptional group that would understand our positioning and and you know not try to influence us because the other thing too is that the the industry is uh, also controlled not only is it controlled by the 
you know, the shareholder expectations and the stock market and, and the shiny, bright new toy. But it's also controlled, like I was saying earlier, by the grow master and the, you know, the know-how of those growers who have been propelled from their backyard or their garage on small scale to these gigantic uh, multi-million square feet facilities. And they're, you know, they're, you know, they must be losing sleep because overnight they have to manage, you know, a hundred times more plants. And so they're trying their best to do it. Um, but again, it's, it's in my mind, the wrong model. So having those meetings with those people was counterproductive. It was just not, uh, you know, it was trying to teach old dogs new tricks. And so, you know, and here I am, you know, never grew a plant before, uh, trying to explain to them how to do it. So (laughs) that was a challenge, um, to, to find the right group of people. And we got lucky, uh, you know, we, we were persistent and, and wanted to meet, uh, the right group. So we finally did, a uh, group of investors uh, in Quebec um, who saw, who said, oh yeah, okay, yeah, like we totally get this. We understand, you know, your positioning. Like th- those guys were totally not in the industry before, uh, which yeah. was nice. And they didn't have a grow, a grow master on, on their team. Uh, so we became that entity. Not only did we become the consultant slash contractor to build the facility based on our design, uh, which I call the 2.0 design. But um, on top of that, we we had the team of growers that were already, you know, in the right mindset. And so it was a perfect, uh, a perfect formula. So, so now we have the money um, to execute and, um, you know, it's, it's just been snowballing from there. Like my, my confidence level also is, has raised, and so when I go do a presentation to another group, I, I have a better uh, approach. I, I I can tell them, you know, per square foot, how much yield we're going to do. You know, I can give them an estimate of how much their operating cost is going to be um, and, uh, you know, how fast their production is going to be profitable. So... You know, with with this sort of uh, you know, with the tech and you know the the rate at which you're growing, that that your company is growing, and you know the the growth that's obviously happening in Canada and uh, in Colorado, in the United States, sort of in general. Uh, what advice do you have? Uh, would you have for uh, entrepreneurs looking to enter? Um, you know, maybe maybe not the cultivation tech space, but but the the tech space. Uh, in the cannabis industry? Um, well, I mean, what advice do I have? I mean, obviously my advice is going to be a little biased, but, um, uh, I guess, you know, like you got to look at it, uh, on the standpoint of what would a company today in our modern day and age, you know, need to look like in terms of, uh, environmental impact, um, you know, and what also, uh, would a company look, uh, for in terms of quality products? Because, you know, I would say that most of the product that's out there is not high quality. Uh, it's, it's very low quality and it's inconsistent quality. Um, so if I was an entrepreneur, 
yeah i mean you know like you know you you, you got to stay away from that shiny new toy uh, uh syndrome you know what i mean which is uh yeah i get it you're getting a license finally uh prohibition's gone okay we get it uh you, you're in a hurry we get that too uh you want to rush to market but really maybe look at your business plan more so on a standpoint of profitability, environmental position, social, uh, you know, uh, position. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, who you're hiring, how the industry is, you know, it sh- it sh- you should be, you know, modern in the sense that you should look at minorities. You should look at, you know, uh, uh, women, uh, you know, like, you know, you, you, you have the potential to do that. So like just right away, you should implement those, those more modern business, um, behaviors, let's say, uh, you know, training, um, and then of course, quality of products, huge, uh, customer satisfaction, you know, a big, big point also, uh, right now we're seeing, you know, companies just walking in and saying, here, I'll, I'll supply this. And then the month later, they don't have it anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. it, it's just like, you know, it's so fragmented right now. So, you know, do a business plan that's more modern. That would be my advice. Cool, man. I, you know, this has been a really, uh, really interesting conversation. I, I don't really have the opportunity that often to talk to cultivators or, or people involved in cultivation technology. So I really appreciate uh, your time, uh, you know, and, and, and breaking it down in a way that somebody who's killing a fern can understand. Um, where can people find out more about GrowX? Where can people find out more about you, man? Well, we've been trying to stay under the radar as much as possible. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, you, people can reach out to me directly. Um, uh, so my, my, do you want me to give out my, my email address? Sure can. Or? Okay. So it's, it's uh, Chris, uh, C-H-R-I-S dot Treville, T-R-E-V-I-L-L-E at growxcorp.com, which is G-R-O w x corp c o r p dot com um we haven't like our website is not tailored for cannabis uh just because of that whole stigma and us crossing the border and all that uh but uh you know if you look at the grow x uh which is g r o w e x dot Storex, s-t-o-r-e-x-c-a dot com website uh you can also see me there Awesome, man. Uh, That was uh, Chris Treville. He's the co-founder of the indoor cultivation tech company, GrowX. Uh, Delighted to have you on the show, man. And, uh, you know, really can't wait to, uh, you know, see see what you guys do next because you're already growing cannabis literally on the walls. Uh, So, you know, what what comes next is probably going to be pretty cool too. Well, what's next is extraction. We're, we've attacked it for the last 12 months um, with the same type of scope uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, flour is one thing, but it's also mostly going to be consumed uh, in a concentrated format. And that also uh, requires efficiency and quality and all those things. So we're, we're getting involved in that. We've recruited some bright minds in extraction. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're looking to make our first deal in the U S, uh, looks like we're going to be doing that 
uh, the next 30 or 60 days with a, a similarly thinking group uh, on the East Coast. Awesome. Uh, and then Europe is next. Awesome, man. I, definitely keep me uh, keep me updated uh, on, on what you got going on in the U.S., man. It's, All right. You need Sounds it down good. here. I'll, I'll be at the uh, at the G or sorry the CWCB uh, Expo in New York in May, um, which is uh, that's my neck a, of the woods, New York. I mean, yeah, no, it's the wrong it's part a, of it, but it, it's a big trade show. It's uh, it's another organization. They're really uh, growing in leaps and bounds. They're very cool people, and I've been supporting their trade show uh, for the last couple of years. Uh, so yeah, it's May, I think it's May 27th or something like that in New York city, uh, CWCB expo. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll do this again live in, uh, at, at CWCB. Okay. Sounds good, man. Thanks, man. All right. Take care. You can find more episodes of the Gontrepreneur.com podcast in the podcast section of Gontrepreneur.com and in the Apple iTunes store. On the Gontrepreneur.com website, you will find the latest cannabis news and cannabis jobs updated daily along with transcripts of this podcast. You can also download the Gontrepreneur.com app in iTunes and Google Play. This episode was engineered by Trim Media House. I've been your host, T.G. Brandfalls.